Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and welcome to another episode of XS Gaming Podcast. This is episode 136, we're recording this on the 15th of December, I'm one of your hosts, Xander Scullion, and joined with me is my wonderful co-host, Mr. James Grusom. What's up, James? Greetings, everyone, and always remember, you, you can do either one, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, just, you know, don't be that person. My, my wife told me a story when she was at the grocery store, and a lady in line was uh, asked the cashier. She's like, so so what do you guys do? Merry Christmas or happy holidays? And the girl's like, oh, I'll say Merry Christmas. She's like, that's right. They can't take that <laughs> oh from my, us. Oh, my God. And it's just this big thing. And so, so my wife is sitting there just looking sad. And this lady who, who started that asked my wife outside the grocery store, she's like, are you okay? You just look like you were crying. My wife's like, uh, no, no, I'm just tired. I told her, I said, you should have told her happy holidays and walked off. But it's like, you know, come on, dude, it's supposed to be a time of rejoicing. Uh, I've said happy holidays for many years because to me it incorporates uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's. Like there are actually many holidays around this time of season. So please don't be offended by that. Nobody's trying to take anything away from your beliefs or what you want. So, uh, you know, I take it all. I love it. Christmas. You know, everything. I'm about the and, true spirit of it all, which is trees and lights and uh, Charlie Brown. That's what I and, like. And the most and most important holiday in December, of course, is uh, Life Day, anyway, <laughs> for all you Star Wars fans out there. And speaking of Star Wars, speaking of Life Day, we're joined again by a wonderful special guest. We are joined with the lead singer of The Casket Creatures and director of Joe Stryker, we are joined with Ryan Cadaver. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you guys for having me back. Um, the reason for the season is clearly Baby Yoda. I think everybody knows that. So. <laughs> that, that thing is so freaking adorable. Holy crap. Yeah, I kind of feel like a, a prick because I'm kind of like like not digging them. As, like, I still need to watch The Mandalorian, but it's like I'm kind of tired of Baby Yoda. But I'm old, man, so like I get crotchety and like it, you know, it happens. I'm sure I'll watch it and I'll fall in love with him too. So enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth watching, man. It's awesome. I, I, I admit I saw the memes before I watched Mandalorian and I was just kind of like, okay, all right. And then I watched it and – there, I think what makes him so adorable is he's not in your face. Like, I'm, you know, Baby Yoda, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just kind of, like, very subtle. Like, even the sounds he makes are very, very quiet, if that makes any sense. I think he, I think he's, like, 50 years old, even. Like, yeah. he's not even really a baby. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy. a little, he's probably a little irritating. It's, it's like yeah, cats. It, it's really, like, you know, the, the story doesn't necessarily, like, it does kind of revolve around him, but there's, like, all these cool spinoff kind of stories that are happening all around him. And, and basically the whole time you're just like, somebody better be watching that fucking baby right now. Yeah. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. It, it's a good show. It's hard to believe that we're only two episodes away because um, there's only eight episodes and nothing, I mean, to be honest, nothing has really happened. It's like every every episode's his own standalone thing, but there hasn't been anything yeah. progressive. So, so I'm wondering, I'm like, man, is episode eight going to be finally dropping a bombshell with the meat of the story and be like, oh, cliffhanger, you're going to get Disney Plus for another year now. Ha ha, motherfuckers. <laughs> no? That could be. That, it seems like, too, that I was smart by actually not watching it yet. There's only two episodes yet. See, I can just sit and just oh, yeah, the whole thing in in one day, and I don't have to wait week by week. See, it pays to procrastinate, kids. 
That's Always true. Uh, I really like it, man, because it's just a it's a lot smaller scope of than normal Star Wars stuff, and it's like really fun to just see like a more like kind of raw, almost low budget kind of. I know it's not low budget, but it kind of feels that way, but not in a bad way, like in a yeah. cool way. I hear it much described as almost like a like a spaghetti western. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, which which sounds awesome, and it's really restored uh, faith, I think, in a lot of people that gave up on Star Wars because I mean, many have, many have just gotten tired of it, but this show has really captured people again, which I think in whole, like it's just, if you're a fan of Star Wars at all, that's great, because if you can catch some of the older, like, jaded people that got tired of it, at least you know like, even if maybe you don't like the movies or certain, you know, cartoons or whatever like, maybe there is something for you there's different stories they can tell and there's uh, something for everybody, I think that you can find, so, you know, hopefully Disney's running with it, it seems like they're doing a really cool thing uh with this series i mean that's just awesome yeah i think i think overall it's just nice to see the galaxy of star wars because uh, it's not tied to the skywalkers and jedis and i think that's what made like rogue one so special i mean other than the end of rogue one with darth vader just destroying everyone it was uh yeah. It focused on the actual world of Star Wars, and I think that's what's really nice because they're not like, oh, we got to incorporate something Skywalker-like because this is a part of an episode like we're seeing with uh, the the cinematic Star Wars movies. But uh, but speaking of speaking of just like craziness, uh, a lot of gaming news has happened uh, since our last episode. Um, but before before we get into that, I, I do want uh, to to give Ryan the mic. Because uh, some people I know that's uh, listening to this episode maybe didn't listen to our last episode with Ryan Cadaver. Maybe they're not too familiar with him. So, Ryan, uh, tell folks who you are. Uh, so, I am the singer of a band called The Casket Creatures. Uh, and over the past year, um, I decided to, uh, me and my buddy Kevin decided to start uh, working on an action movie. Because it's like, aside from horror, my favorite genre is like cheesy action movies. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, hey, why why can't we make a movie? We've made music videos for the band, and, and we've come up with stories and concepts, and we, you know, put them all together. So we're like, why not, man? Like, I've seen lots of, of indie films that, you know, of varying quality, and I'm like, we can do this shit. So it was kind of just uh, a lot of willpower, and we just made it happen and called everyone we knew. And, uh, I mean, so far, dude, it's been paying off. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, people really seem to be connected to Joe Striker. Like, people really dig it. And, and we have so many people hitting us up to do a sequel. So, And at this point, we've made enough to where we're like, it's feasible to actually That's do a sequel. Awesome. And, this time, and this time, I actually have a budget. So, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Because, I mean, this movie was literally made for, like, two grand. Like, the entire thing, start to finish. Oh, wow. Which and- is pretty cheap for me. I was going to say, too, if you guys really want to dive into uh, Joe Stryker, with, uh, listen to another podcast. It's, a, it's kind of a podcast that uh, our friend John, the Retro Bro, he had Ryan on the show, and I listened to it. And it was, it was great like just hearing uh, the inspiration of Joe Stryker, like how it started out as a, an idea, passion project. And now you know it's out now. I'll have a link on the description to this episode where you guys can order a copy of Joe Stryker. <laughs> And um, yeah, it was it was just freaking awesome. I'm, I'm so happy. And also, your new album, Folklore, that came out on Halloween, is doing great on Spotify. I saw the stats for that. Yeah, man, I'm I'm like pretty over the moon about that because like I almost felt like I didn't have as much time this year to 
push the new album because I was like so focused on getting this movie done because it was like consuming my whole life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, you know, in the meantime, in the middle of making this movie, we also put out a new EP, which is just insane. Like we're apparently gluttons for punishment, but like we, we did all that shit too. And I was kind of worried it got lost in the mix. And, you know, I I was kind of worried that maybe didn't get out there, but like, I mean, it seems to be doing really good on Spotify. So I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah, it really shows you you put in a lot of stuff, and we don't want to leave off also too theme park alchemy. Yes, a Christmas, Christmas. Oh yeah, not Christmas, it, Christmas. A great Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Christmas. Oh. We better there watch out. We better watch out. Gene Simmons just copyright our uh, freaking podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> come fucking kiss me or something. I don't know, but theme park alchemy is a great <laughs> candle company. Awesome smells, awesome flavors. I guess I hadn't really tasted one, but probably tasted because <laughs> they look awesome. But that is also another thing you're involved in. Uh, so I know, like, you've stayed super busy. You just got a lot of really awesome projects and things going on. And hopefully, you know, next year that continues. And I'm sure you'll be doing twice as much and you'll probably be twice as busy. Oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Merry <Same>. Christmas. <laughs> well, well, in some oh, way. And I got, and I got, and I got married this year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you went, you went like so yeah, many places, of all. and you went to so many yeah, places we went to too. Thailand. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy year, man. But I'm I'm really happy about it. It was one of the best years of my life, and I wouldn't wouldn't change it, man. Yeah, it's like I was run ragged for a while, but uh, I you know I I don't really get burned out. <clears throat> like I know a lot of people work on you know work on projects and they get burned out i don't really get burned out i i just keep pushing forward to the next thing and i just want to keep working you know uh, I'm you hit 40 man it's gonna slow down get get what you can do now so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh yeah we got some we got some gaming news uh you know the the big gaming news right now was uh on december 12th was the uh game award show and i, I watched it and I mainly watch the Game Awards show for the new trailers. I really don't care who wins what, you know, but I was watching it. And uh, they dropped a huge bombshell, Microsoft did. They showed off the new Xbox that's coming out, holiday season 2020. And it's called the Xbox Series X. And it looks like a computer tower. Uh, it, it's really interesting. It's a big black, you know, rectangular shape console, and at the top, it's got almost like this black mesh with a glowing green light. Uh, the controller's the same as the Xbox One, and um, that was it. I mean, and they showed the trailer for Hellblade Two, which is a nin- Ninja Theory game, which I thought was kind of cool. That the first game they showed was like a more Japanese. Um, party you know third party so that was kind of cool because uh, you know ninja theory is the same folks behind like ninja gaiden and stuff like that so i was like oh cool this is awesome and it looked it looked amazing that trailer looked really good i'm not too familiar with hellblade but uh did you guys see this like what do you think about this ryan i think it looks awesome um i have been kind of more of a playstation guy for a while but i've, I've i had a 360 and i had a regular xbox uh, i don't have an xbox one but uh I mean, I think that it's awesome. I think that uh, good, com- like companies making good consoles, is good for everyone because mm-hmm. it's going to make PlayStation have to work harder. It's going to make Nintendo have to work harder. So I want every. I'm the kind of person that uh, you know a lot of people are like, "Ooh, Xbox or Ooh, PlayStation." It's like I want them all to succeed because yeah. in the end, we un- we win. Uh, so I think it, I think it looks sleek, uh, like sleek. I think it looks cool. Uh, it looks interesting, like you said. Um, 
I didn't see. Does it have a disk drive? Uh, I, be- yes. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering about that because I keep worry. I keep worrying that they're going to just no, try to edge I, out. I, physical we're not quite media. hitting that point just yet. Yeah. No, it's yeah. One thing I've I've heard and understand that it actually it still will have a disk drive. You know. Well, that's good. That great. that makes me happy because I, I still like having you know game cases and so I buy some well, stuff digitally. But I you like figure that. it's still going to have that backwards compatibility where I think most systems are going to have that, that complete uh, backwards compatibility. You know, with a uh, Xbox One and PS4. So I think they definitely just have to have a disk drive, even if just for that. You know, yeah. to keep that up because some of those systems still feel so new to people i think and there's still games that are coming out uh you know we look at this new xbox on the horizon you know it's it's a year away i mean which is a perfect time i think to save up um you know me i've kind of been swayed to the xbox side a a little while a little ways you know we kind of talked some crap on xbox very early on and i've you know apologized for that just because i you know i didn't (laughs) have one Uh, and i will always say ps4 does have the most exclusives but i think xbox is really gonna you know step up um, I think they're trying to snag up some more companies, and I think we are going to see more. I think Xbox knew they kind of lagged this last generation, you know, uh, with the Switch, PS4, and all their exclusives. Now, you know, ev- everything extra, they had the Game Pass Game Share, which I'm huge fans of. And, of course, my friend, you know, got me my uh, Xbox One for uh, Christmas last year, which I've loved. And, like I said, Game Share has been awesome. So we're kind of married for the game share. So when the new one comes out and like I said, if he's looking at getting one, I'm going to be looking at getting one. And, you know, we made a commitment to each other you know, <laughs> to stay in uh-huh. this game share relationship. For better or worse. You know, and you think about that from day one, it'll be even better, you know, cause like he can get a game. I can get a game. We can definitely trade off. Um, I got the better end of, of the deal this time because he already had like 700, hundred something games on a system you know so i really lucked out but i'd like to give a little a little bit more in this relationship uh, next year so <laughs> well you, you know that it's, it's funny it sounds funny but it's it's like that's kind of how i see it I and mean, like i said it is awesome since he gave it to me in the first place and i really uh like so i'm thinking about it like if i put away and save now figure dude we got a whole year to save up and i will say too he was like you could probably trade in your xbox and get some credit and i was like dude i like, I have to ask. I mean, like, are you giving me permission, you know, to do that since it was a gift? Because that's just kind of how I am, you know? And he was like, dude, no, totally. He's like, do you want to get a you know, new Xbox? He's like, trade it in towards that. So I, I think I might really try to get one, uh, you know, for day one. It'd be an awesome Christmas gift, as I've done with, uh, like, Wii U in the past. I do like to uh, get a system and wait till Christmas Day because that's really fun. But, uh you know, it's just kind of awesome to have, you know, more news on this system. And, you know, uh, we're just going to get more and more coming out on it. And, you know, hopefully Xbox is a little bit better. You know, competition is great. Yeah, I mean, the thing the thing about Xbox is, you know, the Xbox 360 was, was a powerhouse last generation. I mean, the 360 was awesome. Uh, Xbox One has had some hiccups and speed bumps. Uh, I think out of out of all the other consoles, it's been kind of like the, the one that's kind of had the most trouble. But Game Pass is such a great platform. Matter of fact, I got an Xbox One for my girlfriend's kids for Christmas, and the main reason why I got that is because of Game Pass. Uh, you know, they'll have an Xbox One, they'll have Game Pass, Xbox Live, bada bing, bada boom. They have all the games they can play digitally, so they're not going to mess up any disc. There you go. So I think with Xbox, I think since they weren't really 
that strong this generation. I'm really excited about next generation because they have something to prove, you know. And I think when a, a console is hungry or a company is hungry, they do more things to get the name out there. Like a great example would be, you know, the Wii U and the Switch. And this kind of segue to my other news segment a little bit that the Nintendo Switch has actually been outselling the Xbox One. It outsold the Xbox One this holiday season. And it's crazy to think, you know, when the Nintendo Switch first came out, the the people that were not big Nintendo fans from the Wii U, they were kind of like, quote-unquote, Nintendo haters, I guess you could say. They were expecting the Switch to fail. They almost wanted the Switch to fail. But it's proven that there's something about the Switch that makes people love it. I mean, of course, it's the handheld capability for sure. Uh, the hybrid console is a great concept and lots of great titles, lots of great indies. It's not the most powerful console, but it shows that consoles don't have to have a whole lot of power to sell a lot of units. Yeah, the Switch no, is, definitely the, is. The Switch is incredible, man. I already have two, and uh, if they do like a Switch Pro, I'll buy that too. Like, I, I love it. I have a regular Switch, a Switch Lite, and if they do like some sort of Switch Pro, I'll totally buy that. It's the I tell everybody, I'm like, this is the most happy I've ever been with like a gaming console purchase uh, because it does everything that the commercial said like perfectly. Mm-hmm. I have never had an issue with it. What's up? I think I think James. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, no, everyone was cutting out for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all but, good. No, I mean, it's, as you said, and, and it showed that it can do, even though, as you said, it's a little bit less powerful. It definitely has been snagging up more of the games, and it's still really performing with more of these high-powered running games that people probably initially thought it couldn't do. So there's really, a, a, you know, I think a lot more behind it than some people think to where it really does stand up in the competition, you know, as it's shown by how selling it. You said everybody before 360 was a powerhouse, dude. Everybody had that, you know, uh, families, bros, and, and it, just everybody. That was that more system where PS3 was as much as it did sell. It was a little bit more niche, it almost seemed, whereas 360 was a more common one. And they did kind of lose that. And like you said, they're hungry. They got this. Now, Nintendo, I think they're going to kind of, like, they can kind of ride on the Switch wave for a while. You know, will, will we see a pro that is a little bit more powerful? Uh, you know, how will that affect people that already have the system where there'll be games coming out that they can't play? You know, where they just yeah. run a little bit less. Uh, but they're going to be riding that wave. And, we, you know, we'll definitely see, you know, which they it come as Nintendo, man. They're always, you know, quality. And then we'll see some crazy stuff from PS5. And then, of course, Microsoft, and then then we'll kind of see more what uh, Nintendo has a little bit after that too. So it's just it's going to be a big crazy wave. I think of just gaming, new consoles stepping up. Like it's uh, this next one's going to be really interesting, you know? Because like, what more can they like five times more powerful if, if the Xbox is like man? Like what? Are, like how much more powerful can you get? You know? Like what? Like, yeah. What are we going to see? It's, it's it's just it's. I think it's really cool. You know. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I kind of wonder the same. I, I kind of wonder the same thing. It's like, how much better can graphics get? I mean, Jesus Christ, they're getting ridiculous. Yeah, when I saw when I saw the new Hellblade trailer, I mean, it looked like it looked almost like because they were showing a lot of, of fields and landscapes. It looked almost like when you go into like Best Buy and they're showing the TVs and they're like, look how nice and 4K this 
this TV is, and that's what it felt like to me. And you know, it's funny because we we talk about Nintendo, we talk about Xbox. Uh, Sony right now just got a Guinness Book of World Records for the most uh, recognizable and biggest selling brand of the PlayStation. So it's it's going to be a really interesting generation because you have the Nintendo Switch doing really really well, but it's slightly not going to be as powerful, obviously, as the new Xbox and Sony. So what are they going to do with that? Are we going to get a Pro? Or are we going to get more power? Powerful switch. I mean, with third-party imports, they're going to have to kind of do something like that. And then we have, you know, Xbox who are super hungry because of the Xbox One doing not so great. So what are they going to do? And then you have Sony who are at, like, the top of the game at, at the moment. Are they going to get too cocky, kind of like what they did with the PS3 and drop? Or what's going to happen? That's the most exciting thing about this new uh, generation of gaming. It's, it's, it's incredible. Definitely is. You know, we got a year. Just think about like everything yeah. else we're gonna hear coming up. Like you know, just this is just the start of it. You think it's like hearing about it this Christmas, and these things will be available next Christmas. I'm pretty sure Sony's gonna try to pop up, and also, you know, shit. What if they launched on the same day? We had oh that man, you know, that's never happened like it? that. It, I, yeah, I doubt that really would happen. But it's just like man, like what if it did? That would be like a true. Uh, you know, war. But sometimes other companies like to lay back. Sony is very smart. As you said, they got that Guinness record. I think it's well-deserved. You look at the history of PlayStation, the PS2, which is many people's still favorite console. You go into 3, 4, it's just been awesome. You know, they've had their VR, you know, which Microsoft has not stepped into, and I, I really don't see them. Because that one really is a niche thing, but I do think it's 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 pretty cool. You know, it's not the most used thing in my house for sure, but the time I spent with it, you know, was awesome. So I look, I really don't think VR is the future of gaming. Yeah, they really need more focus on gaming. So I can really see why Xbox is just kind of shied away. You know, like you, you, it, that's not really going to be as prevalent, I think, as people thought it would. Maybe another 10 years, but, you, you know, you, you really can't tell. But I think what Sony did with it was cool. And of course, everything I hear like that should be backwards compatible with their new system so we'll probably even see some more crazy things with vr but you know it's, it's still a very niche thing that you know the biggest focus is still i think on the on the main games it just everybody's going to play you don't have to have an accessory to do it it's just you know we all still just love regular games yeah we don't need you know too much crazy stuff we like a little bit of it but you know doesn't need to just dilute the the market with it do you, do you guys think that uh, – because, I mean, I legit don't know. You guys are way more educated on the subject than me. But, like, do you think that uh, Xbox launching where you, you had to pay for the Kinect and everything, do you think that hurt them out of the gate? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, that and that whole uh, – what was it? The, the DRM, the th- where it was always on. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's what a lot of people were upset about that when, when it first came out and then went with PlayStation because of that. Yeah. Yeah, where they, they really skipped out. Yeah, that one I, I think did. It, it was, uh, you know, the, they tried to add too much onto it. You, you got to focus. Like I said, the, the main core is still those games, the everyday thing, but you don't need an accessory. A lot of people, I think at the time, were still leery of like the always online at that time, you know, which is a few years back. But now, you know, with phones, things like that, people are really more online now. I think they could get away with it a little bit more now. Um, but at that time, you know, things like that were still a little bit more scary, but just constantly being logged onto the internet is a, uh, just an everyday factor now. Um, 
if, so like I said, I, I don't think I think it did hurt them then, but like if that had happened now, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to think the you know 2013, the state of the internet was a lot different. I mean, uh, people were just starting. I mean, some people were just starting to get high speed internet and smartphones and. Uh, you know, a lot has changed in the last six years. And I mean, now, you know, you have things like Stadia where, you know, Stadia has flopped, obviously. But um, I, I tell a lot of people that even if it was flopping, that it's the stepping stone of, of what the future is going to be eventually. Uh, not this generation, but I think, you know, 10, 15 years from now, like I, I really predict that. We're not going to be buying consoles anymore, but buying services. Uh, I really think that it's going yeah. to be. I think it's going to be to the point where, like, hey, you know, get the PlayStation streaming service that you can play on your TV, or you can play on your cell phone, or you can play on your computer, and you're just streaming from the cloud. And a lot of people hate that concept, and they think about, it, but you really, really think about it. I mean, that's one of the things that's made the Switch so popular right now. It's the fact that you can play it handheld or you can play it on the console. So that hybrid kind of concept's already there. Add high-speed internet, more accessible to the masses, and a convenient price of playing any game with a streaming service, I really think it's going to be more intriguing uh, You know, a decade from now. I think people are going to be like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. So, but right now, no, no. Right now, people are like, I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, do time. It's about time, said... To the masses, especially as you said with the internet, because that is a thing. Like a lot of us are able to get high speed internet, and it's not a factor. Like I recently said, you know, I upgraded, you know, to Spectrum, and like I can download a game in five minutes, which before it almost took a day uh, with CenturyLink. But there's still a lot of people in a lot of areas, you know, that don't have that capability. Uh, even my friend, uh, where he lives, the one that gave me the Xbox, Kenneth. Um, even hit like his, he only can get a certain type of internet, and it's not. He's in a little bit more country area, uh, you know, of, of around my city, and even for him, you know, stuff still takes longer. So, uh, but I think as time goes on, you know, internet is just a it's a facet of life, you know, that affects us, and you don't even think about it. Like you know, like everybody knows how it is when your internet goes out at your house, you power, you're like, what? Oh, I can't do anything yeah and you just think there's people people that don't have that capability as it is but like you said it's all it's all in time and you know more people will have that we'll see you know better networks and infrastructure internet thingies and all that crap and you know more people will have it and the, the more people that have it that's when we will see a bigger feature of you know digital games like you said these game passes uh just system upgrades you know, hopefully to where you don't have to go out and spend, uh, you know, 500 bucks, uh, which I would say I think is the uh, price tag of the new Xbox, uh, which I don't think is that bad, you know, because no. you know, PS3 launched at about 600 bucks. Uh, and if you got a year ahead uh, to save and like I said, you can do a trade in on some stuff, you know, 500, a brand new system that's going to be, you know, a billion times more powerful than the last one. Like, you know, it's, it's really not that bad. No, it's not bad at all. Yeah. And, and and when you think about it, think about you know because we started the show talking about Disney Plus. Uh, I'm going to use the the streaming as a good example. I mean, when you think about it, when we when we got Netflix, most of us got Netflix because we wanted to cut out cable. We cable was too expensive, so you know it's just like, hey, I'll just have Netflix, and then we got Hulu. Then we got Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Uh, you know the DC Funimation. Yeah. 
yeah, the, Japan Network. Yeah, Amazon. you got all yeah, these. Just, after you get all these streaming services, when you put it all down, you're like, wow, I'm paying a cable bill. You know, but it's just yep. kind of, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's so convenient and it's so um, like instantly gratifying that you don't think about the fact that hey, I originally started this because I didn't want to pay for a cable bill, but now I'm paying the same amount. But hey, it's a lot more convenient. So that's where I think gaming in the future is going to go uh, eventually. Like I said, uh, I know I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh, it's never going to happen or not not this generation. I don't think it's going to happen this generation. I'd be very surprised, but I could see it happening, uh, you know, 10 years from now. You know, we're in like, you know, 20, 25, 20, 30 or something like that. We could be doing that. There's already more and more people that I know that uh, are, are starting to, like, download every game. Like, they don't even consider buying physical copies. And it blows my mind, but I know more and more people, especially people with the Switch, that are yeah. like, no, my Switch is just, I don't, I don't use cartridges. I just download games for the Switch. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. You know, and you see, that's a big age gap, is, you know, because you guys are a little bit closer in age than me. Where I'm almost close, you know, I close about 10 years older so you know, I'm it, still got VHS tapes and shit. But uh, you know, <laughs> but even me, I've gone more digital. You know, like I said, with the Xbox, you know, due to game share, because that's the only way you can share games. You know, is by buying them digitally. So like, I've definitely jumped into that, and I could say if I get the new Xbox, as far as keeping up that, I, you know, I'm gonna have to go digital. You know, to to share those games, unless you know, me and Kenneth have a a, a game share breakup, and uh, you know, we're not <laughs> friends, and then I and I would happen then, but you know, come on, you, you know, once you hit past forty, you don't really lose too many other friends, unless they just die of old age. You know? <laughs> but I I did, did want to get into this story before we get into um, our last news topic and into some Christmas memories. Um, this is actually some local news because it happened in Raleigh, North Carolina. It, it's close to me and James. Oh yeah, about an hour away from me. Yeah, about about two and a half hours away from me if we're speeding down 421. But uh, Task Force seizes 340 fake Nintendo systems from North Carolina Shopping Center. Now this happened at the Triangle Area Shopping Center, which yeah, it's like a mall. It's, it's pretty pretty well known. Uh, but the task force has worked for two weeks to obtain the counterfeit systems from sellers. These sellers are voluntarily surrendering them. A total of 340 fake Nintendo Inter- Nintendo Entertainment System classics were surrendered on the operation. The real Nintendo systems have 30 pre-installed games, while these counterfeit ones have 620, even up to 800 pre-installed games. Now, this is the weird thing. Sounds the, like a good deal. Yeah, the, the weird thing is, is the estimate retail value of the good exceeds eight hundred thousand dollars okay and they're saying that uh since the task force has worked more than five thousand five hundred cases it's taken more than 150 million in counterfeits off the streets and this is kind of interesting i'm wondering where they got this number from because i was kind of just thinking i'm like okay well say say they're selling these things like 50 bucks a pop uh i was getting more of an estimate around like 17 thousand not eight hundred thousand but maybe it's the the fact that they're using so many ips that's 800 games that's so many ips that they're putting on here but uh, are you i'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with this going into the shopping mall especially this time of the year and seeing uh a kiosk full of these chinese knockoff clone consoles you know, I, oh, I've been yeah. I've been seeing these knockoffs for uh, geez, like the, the past probably fifteen years. I remember uh, my sister bought one 
you know, for her daughter, which I had, I had fun playing and you'd have Contra and you'd have Contra split up into, you know, eight different levels. Um, there was some cool Japanese stuff on them. They had like an N64 controller. It was very weird. Um, but these things have been going on forever. Me and Xander were talking for the show and I was like, dude, I like, I didn't even know people got busted for those. Yeah. Like, that's why this is really surprising to me. And I'm kind of with you on the price because a, it's a kiosk item. It's not gonna be more than 50, you know, 60 bucks. I'm just glad it's not that dude uh, flying them stupid helicopters on head. I hate the, I hate those guys, <laughs> those guys are just waiting to get punched, man. But, uh, you know, so the, the price, like you said, they may be adding in, you know, some extra value to it. But I just, I did not know these guys got busted. And at the end of the day, we all know it is illegal. Um, some people have a huge problem with preloaded systems, whereas, like, I I really don't. Uh, but it's one of those things where you know the risk, I think, when you get involved. So it's like, I was just kind of surprised somebody actually got, you know, uh, caught for it. And it's kind of crazy. It is in our home state. And it's just kind of like, man. Like, yeah. W- wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is like I I was sitting there and I was reading up on it. And I remember talking about this last year to a couple of my friends. And I was just like, how how are, how are they able to do this? Because it's, it's very much bootleg and they're selling it in a public place like a shopping mall. Uh, they'd be almost like selling counterfeit movies outside of Best Buy. Like, how are they getting away with this? And secondly... It's kind of a dumb move because you're you're kind of setting yourself up to, to be hung because you're in a public place selling these things and not not to mention the, the probably the price of rent they had to pay for those kiosks during the holiday season. I mean, there's a reason why these shopping malls are going belly up because these things are freaking expensive. Yeah. So I mean, they're paying up the wazoo for rent in a little kiosk and right in front of like a Chick Fil A or the food court or something, trying to beg people, "Hey, check out this, you know, Super Mario Brothers. You can play it right now, you know." And then they get then they get thrown. You know, under the bus. I mean, no wonder they surrendered. They're kind of like, yeah, yeah, we kind of fucked up on that. But you, you got to wonder, like, what, what was a cop a Nintendo fan, and he happened to see this? Or, <laughs> I happen to think that probably, honestly, probably a lot of these uh, groups, of people that sell these, also have other. I'd imagine they have lots of other illegal activities going on, um, and it's just. I'm not saying like it's a front or something else, but I'm saying there's other things behind it where they have many illegal activities going on. And one thing could have led to the other. Uh, it, that's kind of how I see it, you know, or like you said, it could, a, a cop just could have been fan. Either <laughs> um, way, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used, I'm used to seeing these things at the flea market. I go to the flea market pretty often and, and they're everywhere. Yeah, uh, and they always like look like they have like some crazy weird games on, probably just weird Japanese games. I'm like, what the hell is that? You know. Uh, so I mean, I but you're right. It's like you're selling other people's stuff. It's like I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but like you know, like you said, you're asking for it. I mean, what do you expect? You're out in the open. Don't be like, so blatant about it. Is kind of the, the yeah. Thing. You got to be a little bit more low key. And, yeah. and a flea market is one thing, like you said, where we expect bootleg shit at flea markets. Yeah. But when you're actually in a mall. That's a you know step up, like you said. Even with rent and everything else, visibility, uh, y- you're gonna get caught. And like I said, I've seen these guys for years, and it just seems like they're finally kind of you know getting busted around this area. And you know who knows who all they were supplying, what different kiosks, probably all run by the same cartel that's funding other things. <laughs> you know? It's a bunch of just crazy stuff, man. 
I, I really think if the console, these clone consoles, if they didn't like NES Mini Classics, I think it wouldn't. I I think they wouldn't have gotten so much trouble. I think that was. I think yeah. that was the 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 red herring right there. The having these NES looking consoles. Yeah, and even if the box, like I like I didn't look at it close, but you gotta wonder, like, did the box say Nintendo want it? Something like that. Even just looking like the Nintendo uh mini itself is gonna draw your uh, eyes. I've seen some at uh, a local mall near me and it's like it doesn't say Nintendo, but it's like in the same font and logo style. Mm-hmm. But it says something similar to Nintendo and it just tricks parents that don't know, yeah. Yeah, and, and I feel so bad for for the people who do buy these clone consoles, uh, thinking that they're getting something up to par with the NES Classic because most of these are not that good. I mean, they kind of have a novelty to them because me and James have talked about these like pirated carts and consoles because they got some like really weird Hong Kong knockoff games. But yeah, yeah, for the most part, they're not it worth the money. It depends on what kid gets it and what they're into. You can have some really cool, uh, how about some bootleg, like Famicom carts that had, you know, hundreds of games. And, you know, I had shit like, you know, Labyrinth, and there was a lot of cool Fami games. Like, I never played. So, like, I think it kind of depends on the kid, because you might get that one kid that's like, this is the greatest thing. And you're going to get, you know, little Billy that's going to be punching mom in the fucking knee because he's mad because he got some bootleg shit. But it, <laughs> it just depends on the kid. But like you said, overall, probably especially in a mall for what they're going to charge, you could probably get a better deal in a flea market or even you know on an AliExpress if you really want to yeah. you know get one of these. If you're going to get bootleg shit, at least pay the uh, cheapest price possible. Just don't overpay for it because like you know like you said, you're not going to get that exact quality. Uh, sometimes you will have those games. Like I said, it's. You know, one game split into different stages. Yeah. That's you know five games right there, and it's like no, that's that's not. But then they'll have the whole game on there too, and it's just you know it's just a big mess at times. So where you're just better off getting the actual product at times. Yeah, yeah, and and the last, last little bit of news we're gonna get into, and I'm really excited to have Ryan on the show to talk about this. But Capcom uh, originally they were gonna announce this during the Game Awards show. But someone at Capcom, Sony, when they were updating the PSN store, kind of screwed up and put some of the art on one of the updates. And everyone saw, oh, Resident Evil 3 Remake is going to be a thing. And it looks like we're getting it. We're getting it in April. So it's right around the corner. And uh, Ryan, what do you think about the Resident Evil 3 Remake? Uh, first off, I am, <clears throat> I'm over the moon about it. I'm so excited because I thought Resident Evil 2 Remake was so badass. Um, I played that game probably four. Yeah, I think I played it four times, like, you know, both scenarios with each character. Um, and I just loved every aspect of it. And I love the original Resident Evil 2, and I love the original Resident Evil 3. So I'm really excited. I actually thought Resident Evil 3 had a more interesting story. So I'm really excited to see what they do with uh, with the storyline and everything. And I figured they would do it because they're reusing a lot of the same assets. So it seems like it shouldn't be that much of a stretch to do a Resident Evil 3. Uh, and then as far as the redesign for Nemesis, I was just talking about this to somebody the other day. I was like, I think it looks badass. Like, I'm yeah. like a big fan of it. It's it's a lot less goofy. It's like actually like fucking terrifying, which is what you want out of Nemesis. And I think when people see him in action and don't just see like a still shot of his face, I think people are going to be like, holy, holy shit, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think it's going to be kind of interesting because uh, you know when everyone played Resident Evil Two the remake, like everyone was like losing their shit about Mister X, and I, I kept saying I was like, man, these people are losing their shit about Mister X. If we get a Resident Evil Three re- remake, wait till they encounter Nemesis. Because the thing is, a lot of people that are going to play the Resident Evil Three remake, a lot of Resident Evil fans hadn't played Resident Evil Three. They're a little they're a little younger, so they never really got a chance to experience it. They're, so they're experiencing it this way and. Uh, Resident Evil 3 is definitely like a, a Christmas game for me because I remember I got that Christmas I believe of 99 and uh, I remember playing that all through Christmas break and I, I absolutely loved it so I'm excited to have the Resident Evil 3 remake it's going to be awesome I kind of see it as you said some are you know it might be younger I look at some of us are older Resident Evil 3 was the one I really missed out on and uh, two of my best friends uh, they did go through it, you know. We had it, or you know, they. We kind of shared a lot of games, you know, around that time. Um, uh, one of us had it on uh, on PlayStation, and they really played more of it. I played up you know, a little bit, but like I really missed out on it. And like it's one I've never really experienced. So uh, you know, I think a lot of us knew that you know a remake was coming. I mean, they did one, they did two. Uh, now it's a big jump in years, you know. In between the you know one and two was a huge gap. Uh, we've had lots of re-releases, but with this three, it's just you know almost a year apart from part two. Um, and I like, I, I think it's really cool because I know the part two was so awesome. Uh, this one is just be like a completely you know new experience, whether you played the old one or not. And then it still leaves you to wonder, Code Veronica, it, it, are we going to get a remake of that too? I mean that sometimes you don't you don't think of it as much you know in the canon but if you grew up during that time i definitely played more code veronica than i did three uh and it's it's really in that series as well i mean it would be you guys think they might do a, a remake of code veronica or do you think that one's just going to be kind of you know left to hd kind of upgrades uh i never got all like code veronica is probably the one resident evil that i like hardly ever played um, it it was did a, you have a green uh, a dream? Did a you dreamcast? A dream, did you did you have a dreamcast? No, I did. My friend did, and uh, we we would play like Mortal Kombat on there and House of the Dead. But I don't think he had Code Veronica, and I think I ended up getting Code Veronica on GameCube because they did do a weird like release yeah. of like some of the Resident Evil games. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I remember they put out Resident Evil Two and like a, a few games like on GameCube, which blew my mind. And they were like, I think those are really valuable now, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, they are. Especially Resident Evil Two and Three are worth a lot on the GameCube. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so uh, I played Code Veronica on that on GameCube, and uh, I, it was one of those games, kind of like almost like a Dark Souls thing, where it's like, you know, I'll clear out an area and then go, you know, go do some stuff and come back, and then all those bad guys were back. And that just infuriates me, and I just remember throwing my controller down, and I was like, "Fuck this!" So, spawning uh, enemies, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I can't stand. Like, I always like the Resident Evil one, where it's like, you know, you're kind of slowly in Resident Evil two, where you're slowly working your way through one location, and you're taking out the the enemies, and you know, occasionally another one gets through the window or whatever. But it's like, you know, you feel like you're making progress. Whereas Code Veronica just annoyed me because I felt like every time I would walk. I, you know, be like, oh, where was this key? And then I walk in one door and then walk back out. And then all the enemies I'd already killed her back. And I'm like, God damn it. Well, let me so ask you this. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Um, you, you played the, the remake of Resident Evil, right? 
Yeah, for sure. What did you think about the Crimson Heads? I like that aspect, actually. I thought that was pretty cool because it yeah. added a sense of like, like terror. I was like, oh, my God, because they were horrific. Yeah, because it was like it was I remember when I first experienced it, I was just like, you know, I was playing it like I was playing normal Resident Evil. I was killing the zombies. And after a while, you know, the, the zombies would still be there. And all of a sudden, like one of them got up and started running towards me. And I'm like, holy crap. And then I found out that you had to either decapitate them or set them on fire. Set them uh, on fire, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's insane." So yeah, the Crimson Heads were really a nice uh, add-on to the remake. I thought that was that's still one of my favorite remakes to this day. Like thinking about when the GameCube launched and seeing the graphics to the Resident Evil remake was just like, "Wow, that was." Yeah, and you think it, it still holds up? I mean, it kind of you know HD'd it up, but that one still kind of remained the same. And mm-hmm. I kind of wonder too, you know, that so we had the you know, like I mentioned, you know, could they remake? code veronica and it's the same thing i like zero i think might also kind of be stuck in the time frame of the the remake of one considering it was a game we were never supposed to get i mean you know we kind of were but it ended up coming out and honestly i like zero way more than i thought i would i thought it would be a pain in the ass like i never finished it but i just i marked out at the beginning i love trains just something in life like i love movies with trains and just uh, things like that i mean the fact that it was on a resident evil was really awesome um i don't know man like it would be kind of cool to see just like another where you could do a full-on uh what if they had like a split screen two-player version of resident evil zero that might not be as good as i think it sounds in my head but uh (laughs) You know, like, oh, like online it, support, like a, like, like an online support yeah, of yeah, Resident Evil Zero would be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah well, uh, I think, uh, I, dude, I think two player Resident Evil is actually really fun because I've been playing Revelations 2 on the Switch and, and me and Nicole have been playing it two player and it's like really fun to do Resident Evil two player. I didn't even think of that one having a two player option. Like, and, I, and I've loved the, uh, the Revelation series, which last uh, thing I remember reading was like, they said, you know, that they wanted to continue doing the remakes. This was even before two had come out. They said they wanted to continue doing Revelations and continue doing the series, uh, which I think is really awesome because we actually have, you know, three kind of separate series of Resident Evil that are all kind of, you know, connected in a way, but they still want to put out all these different games. So you get the remakes of the classics. I think, you know, Revelations is more of a spiritual successor to what people liked you know, about the old ones, and you have that, and then you got, you know, these, like, Seven, for instance, was completely different, and you just gotta wonder, like, Resident Evil 8, like, what will that one even be like? Is it gonna be a little bit more like Seven, or, like, what will they do? They kind of got past, you know, some people love Five and Six, uh, you know, some didn't. I never really played them a, a whole lot, and I was not the biggest fan of Four, but I do have a series like Revelations that still, to me, brings that, you know, a bit more of that classic feel. It's just, just uh, you know, it's cool to have options. Four was the four was the reason I bought a GameCube. Like when when that came out, I got a GameCube and Resident Evil Four the same day because like I had seen some some ad for it and I was like, that looks like the most incredible game ever. Uh, so like I saved up and bought a GameCube and Resident Evil Four the same day, and then I pretty much just became my Resident Evil console. Like I just bought every Resident Evil that I could find on GameCube. It's crazy to think of though. At one time, Resident Evil Four was a GameCube exclusive. Like, isn't that a weird, yeah. like, concept dimensional thought? Because Resident Evil Four is like on everything. 
you know, and, and oh, the yeah. remakes too. Yeah, like the remakes were exclusive when they first came out. It really was like Ryan said; it was a Resident Evil console for a little bit. That was the only place you could play those. And yeah. Zero, you know, the never before released game, and it's like that's on there too. Now oh, yeah. they're on just you know everything. Resident Evil Four is on about a billion consoles. I own it on every console I have. I think. I think I even had it on my iPhone at one point. <laughs> I, I will I will say one of my favorite versions of Resident Evil 4, though, is on the Wii. I do like the Wii version of Resident Evil 4 with the motion controls. It, they added a whole new element to it, especially if, if you've played like Resident Evil 4 over and over again, and you're just kind of like, you know, I played it, I'm kind of done, and you haven't played the Wii version, definitely try it out, because it will like kind of give you that new spark. It's kind of... It, it it makes you realize why that game is really really timeless. Like I don't know if they'll ever remake Resident Evil Four like they did all the other ones. I don't know if they'll ever do that. But it's almost like they really don't Probably have they to. to. They don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it holds up really good. It was kind of too far past. The, like you can see the reasoning behind. You know, uh, Resident Evil definitely needed remakes. You know, as far as graphics controls. Uh, oh yeah, everything to whereas I think four hit enough new generations to where it can just kind of you know rest on its like HD laurels and just kind of keep uh you know going on that. But who knows? Another ten years from now, uh, the way graphics are and everything, like they they might redo that one too. It just takes some time. Indeed. Now, uh, getting into the the last little leg of the show. Uh, before we get into games we've been playing recently. Uh, I definitely want to talk a little bit about some Christmas because this is uh, this is a, a Christmas style episode. Um, so I got two questions I'm going to ask you guys, and then uh, after that we'll get into games we've been playing recently. So I'm going to ask you, James, what is one of your favorite Christmas memories and one of your least favorite Christmas memories? I mean, a favorite. I'm just going to have to. Yeah, I'll go way back to like my first Nintendo. Uh, which it, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, I like I knew I was getting it because I ended up picking out a game because it was like my parents split up, and like Dad would usually get the system, you know, he got me the Super NES and everything, and I, I got the the first Nintendo through him, and I get to pick out a game with Mom because it was like I was still young, but it was at that age where it's like I don't know what you want to play, so pick out this shit yourself, you know, and I got a TNC Surf Designs. Ooh, which uh, yeah. it, it is it, honestly at that time as a kid, it was awesome. And uh, I, I still, I, I still love that game. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a surfing fan on it. I, I liked, I was really, really good at the surfing. I was terrible at the skateboarding. Um, but like, that was it. It was like, you know, Mario duck hunt and TNC. Like that was what I had on Christmas. And, you know, it goes back to where, you know, like I said, I tried to replicate that in a sense with the Wii U, uh, you know, to where I, I bought one prior to Christmas and I tried, you know, I waited till Christmas Day to open it and play it. And it was still awesome playing Mario on Christmas morning. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's still, it, it's never going to be the same. Uh, it, it never will. But, um, you know, that would be the best one. Um, man, I'm trying to think of like the worst just because like it was never any presents or anything that I, I hated. I, I could say honestly, maybe one of the worst ones would just be during a spell. Um, it, you due to my job, I work at the post office, and you know it can be brutal. Um, and I don't know what it was, but like uh, even when I was working there, I would 
get bags of presents for friends, like lots of cheap things. I like to get horrible books, um, you know, funny movies, and I'd get everybody one good thing. But I hit a spell where I just stopped that, and this was maybe about five years ago. I don't know if it was just you know part of due to some depression or uh, just a mixture of things to where I just I really hated Christmas, uh, and it was only a couple, I'd say two, maybe three years ago where I really kind of started to embrace it more to where um, I kind of felt I have to, even sometimes when I don't want to, like I will listen to Christmas music or I'll watch awful lifetime Christmas movies uh, just because I, I feel like I have to force it on myself. And that way I can, I can accept it more and I can get through work and it's like, it'll be okay. Uh, but at the end I do love it. And uh, it, you know, it is fun. Like we put up a tree, not in the house, but uh, out in the yard, but, you know, like I said, that would be, you know, a Nintendo and then just that time where I, I hated Christmas because no one should hate it. Uh, but if you do, I understand. Uh, yeah. like, like, I get it. And I hope if you do hate it, that somehow you can kind of like accept it again because like it's not going away. That's one of the things you got to understand if you're, uh, you know, retail people. I know you guys suffer, too. And it's just, uh, you know, it's only a month. We're only it's what the 15. We're, we're literally we're, uh, 10 days away. Yeah. And from uh, from Christmas. And like it's never to me, it's never going to be as like maybe special and fun as it was as a kid. But I, I try to make of it what I can. Uh, as last year, I did Vincent Priceless, where I uh, watched a bunch of Vincent Price movies I'd never seen. Uh, this year, I debated like a Jawsmas. I'm like, what? Like, what am I going to watch on Christmas Day? Because usually it's me and my wife. Um, I have some family functions, but I just sometimes I don't go. Uh, you know, at the end, it's me and my wife and my cats. And I, I try to make Christmas now as special as I can. We don't do a whole lot of gifts. Uh, I did get her a little something. But it's like, if we don't get anything, it's okay. I did buy the uh, box set of Homicide Life on the Streets for us, which is an old uh, 90s show. Uh, it's kind of a Law and Order-ish show. Uh, I know many people are a big fan of Law and Order, but uh, Homicide's a great set. So I bought us that box set. So I imagine we'll be watching a lot of that through December. But uh, like I said, now I, I try to take it for what it is. You know, I don't have kids, uh, but I do buy stockings and shit for my cats, which some people might think is like absurd. Uh, but I, I have fun with it, dude. It's like it's like there's still toys in the stocking from the year before and they can play with them throughout the year. And I'm probably going to get my little uh, my little baby kit in the big bag of hair ties because she loves playing with fucking hair ties. Uh, it's her absolute favorite toy. So, you know, like I said, you got to make up it what it is and try to try to see the good in it. And like I said, if you got family, friends, hang out, do something, watch, you know, Beavis and Butthead. You know, that's a great uh, Christmas episode. It's a, a miserable life. It's a, a wonderful. So, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much mine. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, so Christmas, uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, like last night, I just was like at a big Christmas event that we did with these guys at Elzig and we did a puppet show and like, it was like a whole big family event. Uh, I love Christmas. I love the joy that it brings people. Um, I, I'm not like Christian or anything like, I, you know, like I, uh, I'm not like, I'm not very religious, I think is the best way to say it. So like that aspect of it's kind of lost on me, but, uh, I really enjoy the, the, you know, the decorating and, and uh, especially the gaming that seems to be like always something that goes goes with Christmas to me. It's like, I always end up getting new games I always end up having time off of work. So like I, I always get to like power through some games. Like in December, like my job won't let me carry over time off. So like I just use up all my time off in December pretty much. So it's kind of great. I 
I get a bunch of new games, uh, you know, usually like Black Friday, and I just play the shit out of them all December. So, um, you know, I really don't have anything real bad about Christmas, honestly. Like, I mean, other than just like, uh, you know, a couple of you know, games that we got that I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. And it ended up being terrible. <laughs> yeah. I think I got street fighter 2010, the final fight for uh Christmas one year. Like that was, uh, yeah, I, I remember it was uh, bad, but it was still kind of fun. Really? I remember I get, about it. <laughs> I remember we would, me and my dad would get a tomb Raider game every, every year that one came out. Like, you know, we were really big into the, the PS one era stuff. And uh, we got Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider 2. We loved. I thought Tomb Raider 2 is like the best of the whole series. And then uh, we got Tomb Raider 3, and I'm like, okay, it's all right. And then, like, I remember one Christmas we got, like, Tomb Raider Chronicles or something. Oh, yeah, like, I remember biggest... that. Has, yeah. I, I got to ask, has, has Papa Cadaver played, like, some of the newer Tomb Raiders? Yeah, dude. He, he actually okay. just, he just retired, and he just got into gaming. I got him into gaming. Hell he got yeah. a PS4 for Christmas, and and I got him kind of back into it because he used to be really into gaming, and uh, I got him all sorts of games I thought he would be into. Uh, you know, I got him the Resident Evil remake, got him you know, all the new Tomb Raiders, um, I got him uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, like a bunch of games like that that he loves adventure games and stuff. So he, yeah, he's really getting back into gaming. He played the new God of War and beat it, and I was like, holy shit, man! I didn't even do that. Because I thought the two, the new Tomb Raiders have just, you know, I was never a fan growing up, uh, but I, I thought those last ones they made were just absolutely amazing. Like, I, like I really love those. Just like, oh, man. dude, I was like a Tomb Raider fanboy. Like, uh, when and when I was in uh, middle school, my my locker was just uh, nothing but pictures of Lara Croft and like Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield. It was just all like gaming stuff. Like, was, my entire locker was just covered in that stuff. So awesome. Uh, with with me, um, one of my favorite Christmas memories, because uh, I don't really have any bad Christmas memories. I, I think I was just using that question as kind of default, like what's your best, what's your what, what was your worst. Which I'm glad all of us don't have like a terrible Christmas story because that that'd be kind of sad. But uh, one of my favorites, <laughs> what <laughs> I was like, that would totally bring the mood down. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I tried to have a bad one, you know. It's just like I hated it for a while, but I mean, that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, like um, one of my favorite memories is uh, with with my friend Mikey. I mean, we all know Mikey uh, from from Rick Grimm and stuff. And you know, me and him were in high school. Um, we we were hanging out after Christmas. And our our friend Gabe, also known as Axel Foley on Facebook, uh, I think all of us know Gabe. Um, I love that dude. Yeah, yeah, he that uh, cool as fuck. He, I, and this is like Hates before, people, but it's okay. <laughs> this is like before. <laughs> this is before like the internet days, like was full throttle. I mean, me and him, we all talked on MySpace back then. And Balzac, which is you know for you guys who are listening, Balzac is a is a horror punk band from japan uh we're all familiar with balzac but balzac had came out yeah. with a new album and at the time the album was deep blue and it hadn't at the time they were on misfit records and the album was just taking forever to come out it had already been out in japan and i remember uh we were hanging out me and mikey were and uh we were at his house and he got a he got a message on myspace from gabe and gabe was just like happy or like merry christmas you sexy fuckers and it was a file, and we opened it up, and it was the Deep Blue album. Like, he had gotten it from oh, Japan, nice. ripped the whole thing, and sent it to us. I remember we burned a CD. We were in Mikey's uh, Neon, 
and we were just like listening to it, and we were playing video games like we were playing Final Fight, and then we went to a movie theater and we watched Black Christmas, uh, and then we went to Krispy Kreme and ate a bunch of donuts, and that was just a fantastic Christmas. Like that was great. Uh, but other than that, I don't really have a, a a terrible Christmas. I remember my mom thought I was going to have a terrible Christmas because I was asking for N sixty four, but instead she got me a Sega Genesis. But I was really happy about that because I always wanted the Genesis. This is back when the N64 was just coming out. She's like, yeah, I couldn't afford the N64, so I got you this. And I'm like, I've always wanted a Genesis. Thank you. And the games are super cheap now. So I mean, was- at the end, when you look at it, like Genesis really probably was a better system. Other than yeah. wrestling games, it, it, Genesis is really better. Than yeah, I lucked so. out with that. And it came with the Genesis 6 pack, which came with like six really awesome Genesis games like Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, and Columns. came with Sonic, all that stuff. So that was really fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. To the listeners, tell us some Christmas uh, memories in our comments below, on the, especially on the YouTube upload if you guys can, or on Twitter, uh, Twitter at uh, XS Gaming Podcast. Uh, send us a tweet with that. But let's get into games we've been playing. Uh, Ryan, what have you been playing recently? Um, like I said, you know, December is like my gaming time. That's where I cram in everything for the year. Um, I beat Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I think I was in the middle of when, when we were talking last. Yeah. Um, I really, really cannot recommend that game more. It's so much fun. Uh, it's just such an addictive experience. Um, I am playing Devil May Cry 5 right now. I just got that for Black Friday. And I think it's really good. I think it's the best one since the first one. Um, I'm really enjoying that. And uh, I'm also playing uh, Code Vein, which kind of came out under the radar. I don't know if you guys checked that out. I think you told me about it. It's on Switch, right? No, it's it's a PS4 game, but oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's really good. It's it's a uh, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, you know, esque game, like you know, Sekiro, like that kind of thing. But sounds uh, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the the world's really cool. It's like a post-apocalyptic vampire kind of like Japanese thing. It's it's really interesting, and it's not as hard as Dark Souls and all that stuff. So like, I can actually like not get frustrated and i can make progress on it so i just beat that last night or night before last so um yeah i, I think that's about it uh, i picked up judgment i'm gonna i'm gonna play through that hell yeah i still need to check out judgment myself um me my it's on sale at gamestop right now for 30 bucks oh shit I'll have to pick that up very, very soon because right now all I've been playing, uh, I was playing a lot of like retro backlog stuff off the pie. Like I was playing like China Warrior and a bunch of TurboGrafx stuff. But I recently for my birthday got uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. And that game was, oh, hell yeah. that's a game I've been wanting to play for a while. And I, my sister got it for me for my birthday. And I, I, yesterday I was at work and it was slow. And like two hours I was at work, I just sat there and played Luigi's Mansion 3. It's so good. And um, I love the new elements that they add with the Gooigi, like using the puzzle elements with that. And uh, some of the new updates they do to the vacuum cleaner or the, Pol- Poltergeist 300, whatever it's called, and just the hotel atmosphere. I like how it's like all kind of themed. Like uh, right now, I'm in an area. It's like medieval. It's kind of like uh, when you go to those uh, medieval restaurants and like say like Myrtle Beach, where it's like the knights and eating dinner. It's kind of like one of those events. I'm going through oh, that. Yeah, medieval times. Yeah, it was it was really really cool. So I've been really enjoying that. And uh, 
that's been pretty much it for me. I mean, other than like some retro games here and there, I plan on kind of making a uh, what I've been playing recently video. Because uh, I do want to add, I did buy Sonic Forces for nine ninety nine on Thanksgiving, and because um, it was on sale, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm glad I didn't pay thirty or forty bucks, whatever the original retail price was. I'm glad I didn't pay that much, uh, but it's three D Sonic. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's some bugs, there's some little bit of camera issues, but for the most part, it's it's fun. It's like a popcorn movie. It's like I compared 3D Sonic games to like the Michael Bay of video games almost. It's just there. But uh, what about you, James? Man, I can say like honestly, I've not really played much of anything during just in between work, hanging out with my wife and stuff because you know she doesn't play many games. Um, I did catch a few Christmas specials though. As like I said, I do try to watch those, and uh, I found one on Disney Plus. Me and many people have that now, and it's uh, it wasn't the Mickey's Christmas Carol, but it was uh, I don't know if it was Mickey's just Christmas Tales, uh, but it was a really awesome uh, story. It was with Donald Duck. And, uh, and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie were so excited about Christmas, they wished that it was every day. And as many of us did as kids. And they actually got their wish. And you see as it wears down upon them as they wake up every day. And it's the same gifts. It's the same. It's just a, it's a Groundhog Day for these three little duck kids. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's beating them down. And, like, by the end... They're just doing horrible. Th- like they end up just completely ruining Christmas because <laughs> they were just so frustrated, and they're trying to get it to stop. And they have this idea that if they do everything good, that maybe it will end. So you know, they wake up and you know, like they they, they help with dinner. They don't open their presents early because then I was like, I bet you open your presents early, and they're like, No, wait for the family. <laughs> and they did everything good, and. It ends up being, you know, the next they wake up and it's no longer Christmas, and they're out there playing with Donald because they got him. They build him a sled, and he's like, "I bet you boys wish it was Christmas every day." And they're like, "No!" <laughs> they like freak out, and it was really, it was one of the most uh, fun, cool, like uh, Christmas specials I had never seen, and it's one like I will definitely watch every year. There's uh, two other ones with like Goofy and his kid. I don't really like them. And there's something with Minnie and Mickey, which is kind of like a tale of the Magi. You know, each one, uh, again, like Emmett Otter, each one kind of sells something to get the other one something. Only in Emmett Otter, they kind of stole something from each other to just sell, which is a little bit odd. Uh, but, you know, I'm planning on watching some more. I actually ordered, uh, you know, a set because I, I, I used to have them. And I don't know where they are, but I ordered a set of, like, you know, Rudolph. Year without Santa Claus because uh, I really haven't watched any of those uh, really great Rankin Bass specials in uh, quite a few years. So I ordered some sets of those. Uh, I'm going to watch Charlie Brown, and I will kind of end on a bummer of something. I've been a fan of Retrobit and uh, their last system that they their plug and play system that they put out. The uh, I got the box here, the Retrocade. I thought was really awesome. Had a great. You know, they, they really stepped up from the retro generations, which mostly had Nintendo games on it, whereas this one had a ton of arcade games, Data East, Capcom. Uh, I think it's still an awesome system, this 40 bucks. You know, like if, if you don't have a Pi or if you just like collecting, um, you know, these plug-and-play consoles, it's a great one to get the RetroCade. But they put out a handheld. It's called the Go Retro Portable. And I saw it at Best Buy because I was almost thinking of getting – I went to go pick up Once Upon a Time in Hollywood – which is an awesome Tarantino movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it because it's fucking great. But I was looking at the uh, Genesis Mini, and I was almost kind of thinking, I was like, 
it'd be kind of cool. I mean, I have these on the Pi, but like, I still, I like these systems. And I saw a Go Retro Portable also by Retrobit. Looks like a Game Boy. 260 games. Exciting games, it says. It's got Tetris, Mega Man 2, Burger Time, and more on the front. And so that should have been a, a, a tail if uh, that's the main games they advertise. Uh, it does have ghouls and ghosts, but uh, when I actually opened it out of the 260 games that are on it, only 38 are the featured games, which are all pretty much just Nintendo games, and the rest of the 260 are just kind of crap. It would be like filler that they have stuck on systems before. And I don't want to knock them all because uh, some of them, like Justice, is kind of a, a cool knockoff Batman game, which is actually not that horrible, but it's just some kind of bootleg crap. And uh, honestly, this was a bummer because I really thought that, uh, and it could be you know the limitations of it. Like I thought maybe it would at least have some Super Nintendo or arcade. Like I just I took a chance. I should have looked up the game list, which I thought about doing prior, but I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just gonna buy it. It's thirty bucks. I'm like, why not? But you know, that was a 30 bucks I could have spent towards something else. And, like, it really was disappointing. It does have a code name Viper on it, which uh, I love, which I think is, like, a, a predecessor, not a predecessor, but a successor, a spiritual successor to Rolling Thunder, which I do love. A code name Viper is a very awesome game. It has Power Punch, too, which I like the idea of, but it's a terrible uh, Punch-Out sequel. So, pretty much this thing kind of sucks, so I'd say, uh, if you are into these and you see the Go Retro Portable or Retro Bit, I would avoid this, because uh, it's terrible. Uh, so, like, this could be a good stocking stuffer, but uh, no, it's not. You should just stuff it in the trash. Oh, um, man. I, I, yeah, I kind of hate to end on a bummer. Oh, but I did, I will end on this. I did watch the NWA uh, pay-per-view. I've mentioned before, NWA Wrestling you know, has had a, a resurgence, and they filmed down in Atlanta, actually down near Ryan at a, a, a TV studio down there. And they do a bunch of tapings, uh, you know, all at once. And they had a pay-per-view, which is one of their first, uh, you know, live pay-per-view shows they've had. And uh, it was uh, it was really fun. I mean, it started at 6.05. If anybody's an old-school wrestling fan, you remember 6.05, you know, on TBS back in the day. Oh, yeah. And it was a good two-and-a-half-hour show. They unveiled the NWA television title, which is my favorite wrestling belt of all time and like my mouth kind of just dropped when i saw it on tv um because it was just so beautiful to see like that's the one belt like i would buy a, a replica of and one day i hope to have one it's it's like red and silver uh, black belt uh they stopped using it around 1990 but many greats like steve austin uh you know uh, ricky steamboat so many people have had you know this belt back then and i think steve austin actually still owns one of the original ones uh, that he had. Uh, so it was great to see that. And also uh, uh, Marty Skrull, who recently left Ring of Honor. Many people thought he was going to AEW. Sorry for the short <laughs> wrestling talk right here. But he showed up at NWA Power uh, to pretty much challenge the NWA uh, real world champion, Nick Aldis. And they're both friends from uh, England. They had to go way back. And they've had a match before. So I could say it was a fun show. I had two you know, seriously pop-out moments with the NWA TV title. And, uh, you know, seeing Marty Skrulls show up on there, I thought it was really awesome. So it was a fun weekend. And uh, after that, I'm I'm going to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once again, uh, we saw in the theater more so with my wife because we got the DVD. And Ryan needs to go buy it because this rental is going to expire that he hasn't watched yet. I know. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then we're probably going to watch some Homicide and maybe some uh, Rudolph or something like that. So, you know, it, it's going to be a good day because tomorrow is Monday at work for me. And it's going to be fucking terrible. 
I just know I gotta probably be there at six in the morning. But hey, it is what it is. It's gonna be over in uh, you know ten more days. So, oh yeah, and and before we go, uh, Ryan, uh, let our listeners know one more time. Um, some of your plugs, some of the some of the where they can find the casket creatures, where they can order Joe Striker on on uh, Blu-ray, DVD, or or you know this this all the stuff that you're doing right and now. Candles, yes, and candles. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, right now, you know, Cast Creatures got a new EP out. Uh, you know, just check it out on Spotify. Probably the easiest way, but we do have physical uh, copies available. You can you can check us out on Facebook, and we got links to it and everything. Uh, Joe Striker is on a uh, Big Cartel. If you go to joestriker.bigcartel.com, you can pick it up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really want to get you know more feedback on this movie. It's our first movie. It very much feels like a, a movie you would have rented, uh, you know, in like 1992 and been like, I don't know what this is, but there's explosions and titties and I like it. And that's kind of the movie vibe that we were going for. So I, th- I think people people seem to get it and it makes me really happy because it's like a long lost art, you know, like uh, it's oh, a type yeah. of movie that doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. So it's it's really cool that people seem receptive to it. And yeah, uh, yeah, my theme park uh, candle company, themeparkalchemy.com. Uh, and, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm just glad to, you know, you guys are my, uh, my two friends that I can nerd out about gaming with. Cause most, you know, most of my friends are musicians that are like, Oh, I don't have time for gaming. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you guys are the two guys I can talk to about it. So I think it's awesome. I'm always happy to be on the show. It's always great to have you on, man. And, uh, you know, like we, we enjoy having you every Halloween and, and now it's become like almost every Halloween, every Christmas we got Ryan Cadaver on. I think it's a good fit. And uh, for you guys that are listening, if you are listening to us on YouTube, be sure to check us out as well on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes and Stitcher. All sorts of different podcast platforms you can listen to Excess Gaming Podcasts. And be sure to rate the show as well, because when you rate the show, if you give us a good rating, it helps the search engines and helps us find uh, more listeners and more people can check us out. And if you are listening on the other podcast platforms, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Check out my channel, youtube.com slash Scullion, uh, for reviews, gaming news, and more podcasts and good stuff. So anyway, guys... As always, thanks for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And as always, Happy Gaming. Merry holiday must everybody. Uh, have fun doing whatever you do. Happy Life Stop. Day. <laughs> happy Life Day, which is canon now.